Welcome, welcome to the Acoustic You Podcast. I am so excited. Um, for those of you that are joining, welcome to the family. We have a special guest with us today, Dr. Terrence Duncan. Um, I met him on social, so just one of the wonderful things of being on social media. Um, I won't do the dishonor by introducing him, so I'll let, go ahead and let him introduce himself. Um, so go ahead and welcome to the show. I'm super excited for you to be here today. Yeah, thank you, Cheyenne, and thank you for uh, bringing me on the podcast. And hello, everybody. Dr. Terrence Duncan, I'm from the St. Louis area, and I'm a college professor. I'm an author. I wrote three books, and I'm also a, a social advocate, not an activist, but more of an advocate where uh, I try to highlight key issues in the community and try to create uh, you know, innovative solutions to address them. Um, I sit on several boards, and I'm just a all-around, laid-back type of guy. So uh, just go with the flow. It's usually my motto, and uh, you know, once again, thank you for allowing me to have the opportunity to be on a podcast. Yeah, welcome. Um, I love that you mentioned like go with the flow. Um, so, like, my question for you, just to like just kickstart right into it, like, how did that motto kind of become your thing, and what does that really like look like and mean to you? So it's actually funny that you said that, and actually a meeting I had right before jumping on this show. Um, go with the flow is that you just take everything for what it is. You know, uh, the person, the individual asked me, so, well, are you happy? And I said, well, happy is really a subjective word because you have your highs, you have your lows. And, and I try to find a happy medium. Right. And so because it's like the sun doesn't come out every day. And, um, you know, and the sun doesn't set at the same time unless you're in like, you know, the equator or yeah. something like that. But it's it's more of just an approach of just attacking problems, complex issues, uh, different personalities, meet different individuals. Um, people have a lot of expectations that they have demands of you and vice versa. And so what I do is I try to just find that little balance, that medium. And so that's why I mean more of a go, for, go with the flow. I'm very nonchalant in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, there are things, you know, that do get irritated like everybody else. Uh, there are some things that does, you know, tick me off or whatever the case may be and stuff. But by the end of the day, I always try to strive for the happy meeting, you know, um, you know, emotional intelligence, healthy relationships, you know, all that, that, that really makes a, a big difference for me. And, um, and just try to, like I said, just find a nice little calm a medium as often as possible. Mm, I love that. And the thing that got me was like, happiness is subjective, which, I mean, we've talked about it, but like, I'm super big on mental health, right? Mental health advocate. I do therapy. I do it all. But one thing that I actually, it was so funny, I was in my group therapy sessions today and I was actually talking to my clients about how emotions are subjective and they're not really real in a sense of like- No, that's true. They're expectations and predictions that we've been taught. And I use the example of crying, right? Like obviously crying, laughing, those type of things are- born inside of it like that is like a survival instinct is to cry and laugh and things like you think of a baby who doesn't know how to talk or have no emotions like the first thing they do is smile or cry or right however the way we've been like mold and formed and taught over our childhood into adulthood is what like indicates what a crying means what a smile means and things like that and so if you take a cry you look at it as like, okay, this person's crying. Are those tears of joy? Are they tears of sadness? Yeah. Is it fear? Sure. Is it anger? And it's like when you look at it that way and that one little thing has so many different emotions tied to it, like you kind of are like, oh, crap. Like my emotions aren't real, right? Like it's 
every like what looks angry to me looks angry like different for you right and yeah. so i think that is so cool because once you have that idea you can then gain control over it because it's like okay these aren't real like i am in control of how i perceive things and how i react to things and all how i per like you know all these things and it's like you kind of have to be open-minded to that though right like you have to be okay with knowing that these were just something that were generally generationally passed down and something that can easily be like destroyed at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And, and really what you're saying in, in, in so many words is that, you know, society defines how we feel. You know, um, you look at what's going on in places like Ukraine and certain parts of Africa or even certain parts of the country. You know, we, um, you know, the, the phrase about giving power to words, it's the same thing, you're giving power to our emotions, right? So, like, um, some of the stuff that they're experiencing, you know, they would take, you know, like, especially the war in Ukraine, they would take the most basic, the most basic of just peace and quiet, you know, and they would be very content and happy with that. Uh, and so, really, we attach these words to things that might be things dealing with security, with safety. Uh, it could be doing something with a lifestyle or whatever the case may be. And so there are some people who would say, okay, well, if you live in a half million dollar house and you got all the luxury cars and the, you know, all the little stuff, that go, accessories that go along with it, you know, some people will say, well, I would be having that particular type of life. And, but then there are people who live and have that, those type of items who are not necessarily happy. And yeah. so really it's just how you want to attach the words. And it's, it's even the same thing with raw emotion. Um, this, you know, mm -hmm. um, I've met you, uh, about late last year, uh, I believe so, like yeah. probably near the tail end of last year. And so, I, you know, I'm, I'm still getting to know you. Uh, I think you're a phenomenal person. And, you know, who knows what goes along, you know, with that over time. And so, you know, we might get into a conversation. The same things that you may have said today may make me have a certain reaction several months down the road and stuff yeah. because of that, that dynamic of that relationship. And so I attach power to what you're saying. But you, the same thing that somebody, if we was in a room and four or five other people said the same thing, my reactions would adjust based on whatever that perception is. So really your emotions, um, everything from happy, anger, love, you know, those things, those are what we perceive them to be. And you're right. Society does define a lot of ways uh, of how we are supposed to feel and it's more culturally uh, based as well. And so I just think that for myself, I try to define my limits, my boundaries, and, and express myself in a way that I feel is comfortable for myself. And it just, basically, it is what it is. I am an active listener. Um, I, I do try to be intuitive to what people are saying. I try to be empathetic to how people are feeling. But I just don't like to confine myself with uh, more defining words and context, right? Because, I mean, by, I mean, really, by the end of the day, you know, what makes me happy today, I mean, I like tomorrow. You know, yeah. uh, some things like watching the tele. I might want to watch this television show. Watching this television show on that I'm streaming make me feel like certainly engaged or whatever the case may be. I'm all into it. But then if I watch the same show tomorrow and I'm distracted or I'm tired or whatever the case may be, I may not even care about that show. And I was like, oh, I want to watch it. So you know, I mean, the show never changed, right? Right. <laughs> but it, it's really just the way that we perceive it and, and what's going on with this. Uh, you know mentally as well as physiology yeah yeah and i love that like i love everything you say everything you say is just like has my ears ringing from like fascination but 
I also loved how you like say you're pretty much like it is what it is. I'm gonna be me. It's either gonna be accepted or not accepted. But like, how did you form that mentality? Like, was that always you, like as a kid growing up, or like did, like when did you kind of have like that mental shift to where you're just like people are gonna accept me, people are not gonna like me. Like it is what it is. I'm gonna go with the flow. And like, when was that like pinnacle in your life? Uh, growth, maturation, lifestyle. The growth. Um... I, I guess you could say I'm middle-aged, but, um, you know, you've seen a lot, uh, makes me sound kind of old, but, you know, it, I've, been, I've been through a lot and, you know, that helps shape those experience. Um, the maturation that kind of goes along with it, you know, you kind of, you know, the experience helps you deal with different things, you know, in different, different circumstances from time to time. Right. And then just, uh, you know, it, it's, and then just the perception, you know, the perception of things, you know, um, there's just some things that's just not worth going back and forth about and then experience you know both of us are entrepreneurs and so we have to deal with a high degree of rejection and so a lot of people who do try to go into entrepreneurship um you know obviously we're, we're motivated by making money but then you know as we continue our journey through entrepreneurship you know our definition of entrepreneurship becomes different things yeah. you know you're doing well i'm doing well um could we stop and do everything today you really could, you know what I mean? And not do not make the next sale, not make the next connection or whatever. But the thing is, that's the culture that we're in. So that's what drives us. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so because of that, you do develop that mindset because you start dealing with complex situations. You start dealing with complex problems. You start dealing with more rejection. And then all of a sudden you have to start detaching, you know, regular emotions and connotations that kind of go along with that. And just say, it's just part, it is what it is. You know, um, I've had, uh, what three potential opportunities that that could have transpired in the month of March and none of them transpired. And I could have been, you know, developed this fatalistic mentality. Like, Oh, nobody wants to deal with me and this, this, and that. But then as soon as I sit there and start processing what it, what didn't go right for the month, then all of a sudden new opportunities start cropping up. Yeah. Right. And then, so what happened, I didn't get last time it's been pushed to the side for these potential opportunities and, and Lord knows what's going to happen for the next 30 days a month, because I'm pretty sure like you, I look at things in weeks and month segments instead of the entire year. Yeah. Right. And so I think that really just helps changes the mentality a lot of ways. So because if you want to, um, you know, we've made a connection. And so um, I've tried to uh, promote your products to different people and stuff. And some people didn't do it. You didn't take it personal. But, you, but you know, that was part of the connection. Stuff like, hey, can you do this next? Now here we are running a podcast. Who's to say what happens six months from now? We might do a collaboration. Um, you know, next time you're local or if I'm out there, we'll connect. And, and maybe together we'll come up to a solution to some of the world's problems. But, yeah. you know, that's the beauty of what's going on and stuff is that, you know, every day we are out to define what our destiny is to be. And so when I say that people like me or take me for how I am, um, I, I mean that in all sincerity because I'm not going to be rude or um, condescending to folks, but at the same time, um, I want to be able to just really, really just take it for that old cliche one day at a time, um, you know, live the next battle, whatever you want to say. And that's just the way to go about it. You know, um, even today, I, you know, today the schedule really went out of control and it's a Friday. It's nice outside. And I could sit there and be like, oh, my day went bad and stuff. But, you know, I'm going to have to work a little bit longer. And it just it is what it is. Yeah, it happens, right? It, it yeah, happens. tomorrow I'm barbecuing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay, you know, it's like I did my work yesterday and tomorrow I'll barbecue. So. Right, gotta love the St. Louis barbecue. 
But oh, yeah. no, I love how you brought up the fact of entrepreneurship, right? Because a lot of people do try to come into this entrepreneurship role. And I think more now with everything that has been going on for the last two, three years um, than ever. But they have this like skewed mindset of it looks easy, right? Like, oh, I can post a lot of things on social media. Things are going to fall into my lap. Like they don't get the grind that it comes with being your own boss in that entrepreneurship. But they also like don't see the like the long term effects, right? Like the connections, the networking. Like, all of that is a lot more than the money we bring in, at least for myself, right? Like, I do it for the connections and the community and, like, all of that stuff. But for you specifically, like, you kept touching on, like, your connections, your network, and how important that is. How does that play a role into your entrepreneurship and your businesses that you have today? Um, Because I know you are, like, a published author and you have all of these successes. How did, how important was networking in that success um, and what kind of role did that play for you? Yeah, networking is really important. And actually, before um, I kind of made that more of a central focus, I was in the industry as a corporate executive. And so um, I did a lot of traveling, a lot of biz dev, you know, met with a lot of biz dev people. And, uh, you know, as I well know that in the healthcare space, um, everything doesn't translate to a sale. Mm-hmm. And in, in um entrepreneurship, general entrepreneurship, most people come in the mindset that every encounter, every speaking engagement or whatever the case may be has to translate to the sale. But you, it's really about relationship building and stuff because of the fact that I did a workshop last Saturday um, with a bunch of uh, um, female entrepreneurs. And um, one fact that stood out from the research, 95% of businesses fail regardless of color in five years. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and it's just like I said, you get a lot of rejections. And so the thing about entrepreneurship is it's an exercise of failure. And, and so it, it's really how do you try to find that 5%? How do you get that 1% of, you know, how do you convert 1% of all contacts? Or even you never know that, uh, you know, a, a call that I had last earlier this week was from somebody I used to work with. And he tried to approach me for a uh, full-time position. And I said, no, these are my, these are my standards. Here's what I, you know, what I'm willing to do, what I'm not willing to do. A couple of days later, he sent me a text message back and saying, hey, they're willing to listen on my demands, the strength of my demands. Mm-hmm. And so, but the thing is, I haven't talked to this individual in months. Almost like almost a year, actually. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, other opportunities, they come out because you, you, you know, uh, initiate, you develop, you cultivate and nurture those relationships. And that's really the strength of networking and stuff because you just don't know, right? And And the thing is, is that, I know about your business, your brand. We stay in constant contact to the level where if I know that somebody needs a particular product or service, I immediately can think about you and what you could provide and make that referral and then vice versa. And so it doesn't, and uh, networking does not have to be reciprocal and it doesn't have to be transactional. And I think that's where the problem with a lot of entrepreneurs are. They feel like that they have to do things for the social. They feel like that they have to have certain quantifiable um, objectives, which they should in a lot of ways, but really, if you want to do entrepreneurship, it's a long grind. And if you are going to commit for it, you know, prepare to commit for it for a very long time. 15, 20 years from now, I can't even imagine. I'm pretty sure the same with you. Can you really see where you're going to be doing three years from now? Definitely no, not. We're entrepreneurs. <laughs> if you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like entrepreneurs cannot see. You can put it on a strategic plan yeah. and you can have a business plan. But if once you learn how to pivot... And you start seeing different opportunities. Are you really going to be stuck with what's on a piece of paper three years from now? No. no. So, so that's the most 
I think the most unique thing about entrepreneurship is that it's so dynamic that only you can define, right? Only you can define what you want, your business model, what people, how you want people to do, how you want to define yourself to people and how people can identify what your product or service or just your brand in general, you know? And, and so like for you, I, I consider you a health and wellness expert, right? Because you've been doing this for a while. You've had a successful business model. Uh, you have a variety of products and things like that. The podcast is an extension of that. You know, I have a podcast that I don't do as frequently, but that's an extension of it as well. But all those things continue to keep my name in circulation. And, and that's when those opportunities come about. So, yeah, entrepreneurship is an exercise in failure more often than not because the numbers say that 95% of businesses fail in five years and 50% fail within the first 24 months. Yeah. And so your goal is to make sure that you can keep that, that line moving so you don't be in that 95% yeah. percentile. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's crazy because I'm like looking at it and it's like, okay, like a lot of people fail within, you know, the first five years. And I think of it as like New Year's resolution where it's like oh, a yeah. lot of people quit on their resolution by, I think they said like February or March because of the fact they're not willing to put in the work. And obviously like being an entrepreneur like has this, luxury of like you're your own boss you create your schedule you have the time flexibility you have all these things but it's like when you actually look at it from like the dark days and like actually being in the like days with us it's like we're probably grinding 24 7 because that is our life like that's what makes our life yes we can take it wherever and we can turn it off and turn it on when we please but it's not like your stereotypical nine to five where you're like, oh, it's five o'clock. All right, I'm done for the day, right? Like, no, right. I might have to stay up to one o'clock today because my, you know, my schedule got all whacked over, right? And so I think that's like, it comes with the pros and the cons and the beauty of it. But I think the one thing that a lot of people miss is like, it's harder to be an entrepreneur, but the effects and the results in the long run, like the long-term effects is what really counts, at least for myself, right? And I just can't say that enough, but I also think it's super important to see like, what does like, I know you're an entrepreneur, I know you have collaborated and done all these things, but what does your day-to-day -day look like? Like, how do you, cause some people become an entrepreneur and then get caught in that mindset of the time flexibility, the day flexibility, and like get swallowed up in that freedom. So for you specifically, like how do you kind of like bob and weave like the consequences and the adversity that comes with being an entrepreneur? Cause I kind of see it as like a boxing match, right? Like you're right, like we don't know what yeah. next month's gonna look like cause things can get thrown at you from all over the place. And so we're kind of like bobbing and weaving like all of these things to like keep it on the straight and narrow. So how does that look like for you? And like, how do you approach adversity with the mindset you have as well as like, how do you approach or know what opportunities to say yes or no to? Yeah. Um, so that was a really good question. So if you, I was trying to do the numbers. I think I figured it out. So out of 306, so let's take a 95% percentile for failure. That means you have 347 days where you're just not doing anything. I mean, you, so basically in a given year, you have about 13 solid wins. You got 13 days to get a solid win throughout the entire year. That's basically what you're looking at. And I think you can relate to that. Yeah. And one way that you're able to get to those solid wins or the 10% is to, or anywhere from the five to 10 percentile 
is that you have to have a structure. You have to have a routine that's unique and exclusive to you. And um, education really makes a big difference as well. And, and so when I say have a, a routine that's unique and extensive or unique to you, in the mornings, I usually often do my cardio. Um, I watch TV. I almost invest an hour into myself, whether it's just laying in bed for 20 minutes and scrolling up to my phone, seeing what's on TV, exercising, fixing me a breakfast or whatever the case may be. Um, that gives me my time before I attack the day. Um, I always have my weeks mapped out. Um, I put, I make sure that I don't overburden myself in a given week. So, I mean, I maximize every day of the week. That doesn't mean I'm necessarily working, yeah. but there might be a goal. And I've actually gotten to the point where every single activity I need to do, even if it's something as simple as text Cheyenne, <laughs> that's on my, that's, that's yeah. on my, that's on my things to do list, yeah. you know, because I want to make sure that there's a level of accountability for everything that I do. And the results of that is that it clears my mind. There's less that I have to, less baggage I have to carry um, in my mind. Like, oh, did I do this or did that? Um, I try to map my schedule, my life schedule, a week in advance. Um, so, like, whether it be lunch engagements, phone calls, conferences, meetings, and things like that. I, you know, I try to have everything mapped out, and then I just leave wiggle room for me to navigate. So, if it doesn't work out exactly that, you know, I didn't want my day to work out to be, then I still have wiggle room to slide some of that maybe to the next day. But I try to make sure I have the equal amount of activities in a given day, um, especially during a work week, and then also make sure I have my, my time, personal time, uh, with, whether it's uh, connecting with family, whether it's connecting with uh, friends, whether it's just connecting with myself, you know, most um, laptop downtime. Um, and it, it's I've seen a lot of results. You know, I'm sleeping better, um, you know, making sure I'm eating right, and, and, you know, just all the other little things that go along with it. And then just perspective, you know, aligning myself with individuals who have shared experiences. So it kind of goes back to relationships. Entrepreneurship is a is an exercise in isolation. And so there's a lot of times, and I know you can relate to this, there's a lot of times we feel lonely, right? And there's a lot of times that people don't understand what we're feeling and what we're experiencing. So it's best to, re, you know, align ourselves with other individuals who look like us, had the same approach like us, um, or even just have the same mindset and just saying, hey, how's things going? Account I always call them accountability checks. You know, like when we worked our traditional nine to five, you know, our supervisor would check in and see our progress or whatever the case may be. And so I realized that by mimicking a lot of what happens in corporate America and incorporating into our entrepreneurial lives, you wind up creating the same structure. You still have the freedom that you have, but it, it's just it takes away a lot of extra stress. Yeah. Right. And so because of that, I've seen, you know, quantitatively, you know, when I go to the doctor and my numbers are the way that they are, and I'm 45 and I'm healthier at 45 than I was at 40 because the way that I take care of myself and my approach towards the day, um, I'm more relaxed, as you can tell, um, you know, more easygoing. I'm not, you know, I'm not as triggered as I maybe could have been a while back and stuff. And it's just, it's just a whole different experience. So really just managing your time, um, having outlets, you know, having people that you can, you know, express some of your feelings to some people I can't talk to certain things about, you know, yeah. but that's okay. You know, but also understand that some of these battles, some of these little struggles that we're going through, it's meant for us and us only to resolve. Mm -hmm. And so everybody cannot be an outlet for you because then you start developing crutches. Right. So, um, I had a good talk with one of my business partners yesterday and I was just venting and he just said a couple of things 
And he didn't even realize like how much that changed. And then, you know, it was so crazy. The day just picked up after that opportunity started coming in after I had a, a very bad March. And uh, well, not a very bad, but not as uh, productive as I would like. And and so, you know, it just changes your whole outlook. And that's why it goes back to saying, you know, don't try to get too high or try to get too low. You just try to just run a happy medium. It's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And I think the biggest problem is, is that because of social and uh, because of the lifestyles that we all lead, we have to have instantaneous success. But if you look at all those articles and, and you look at all the listen to what some of these sages are saying, you know, there's people who are doing it for 20, 30 years, they run a slow and steady meticulous race. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not hedging their bets on, you know, certain things. They're not uh, taking large risks, whatever the case may be. They're just, you know, they're doing whatever that is in their personality profile. They're comfortable with it. And that's how they uh, achieve their level of success. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And especially like the morning routine is so important, right? But that does look different for everybody. But the routine is so important. So like for me, I do like, I call it like the miracle morning. I get it from the miracle equation book, but it's like affirmations, daily gratitudes, meditations, journaling, like that same self-care that you give, but it looks different, right? But then if you talk to everybody, the big thing that they say is self-care However, that looks like whether it's watching TV, meditating, working out, walking, things like that. Now, how like what do you do? Because also being an entrepreneur, you do get like limiting beliefs and like, oh, this sucks, right? This isn't working. Mm. Opportunities keep failing. So like, what do you do to kind of calm those like inner critics that sometimes we deal with? Um, See, that varies. It just depends on what the issue is. Um, sometimes I might just walk away, you know, sometimes I just say, screw it, close the laptop down and, and just walk away. Um, I know that like last week I just did a trip, um, to North Carolina, I came back and I literally went hard in the paint as soon as I got off the plane. And then I just had this, you know, I think like Tuesday and Wednesday, I just really was at a low, um, like a mint, the gas tank was empty. And so I just said, screw it. I just, you know, did, did what had to be done that day. And that was it. And I just recalibrated my things to do list, my schedule, um, just to, just to give myself that break. And, and now I'm getting a little bit more wiser. And now really I'm trying to do is to get to the point where, excuse me, that I don't get to that run out of gas moment. I've gotten better over time, but yeah. really just making sure that I have, you know, that time, that day, that week and stuff where I just pull away, no commitments and then just decompress and just kind of reengage. But it's like like you said earlier about your uh, your mental moments, um, you know, uh, and journaling things like that. Whatever whatever's best for you to kind of get yourself recentered, because it is like I said, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You're gonna have, or even you know, I'm a sports nut, so it's like football. You're not gonna win all. You're not gonna win every game. Yeah. You know, but it's the lessons learned from the times that you uh, took some losses. Yeah. You know, or even just had some bad moments, and, and what can you do to improve on it? So that's what I really look at, and even if something does work. You know, rather than have the, the elatedness and the emotions of having a, a, a strategic win or whatever the case may be, it's more so, of, OK, what did I learn and what could I have done uh, differently or what could I use from that experience to keep that momentum going? But uh, having the understanding that I can't win every day, mm. Mm. you know, so, I mean, like I said, yeah. I mean, all I'm trying to do is get at least anywhere from five to ten good days a year. If I can get five to ten good business days, whether it's a contract whether it's a real estate transaction or 
maybe it's a new opportunity that I tried to explore that could play dividends for the following year. You know, if I can get five or 10 good days a year, I can live with that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. And I like, I, I just, it's so fascinating. Cause like speaking to entrepreneurs, like everything looks different, but yeah, we're all in the same field. Right. Whereas like, oh, yeah. if you talk to doctors, it's all similar. Like, you know, being entrepreneurship, like you truly get diversity, um, because everything is personalized to your design, to your personalities and things of that nature. And so it's just so interesting to like speak to other entrepreneurs. And I guess like, how did you get into entrepreneurship? Cause like for me, it kind of like kind of just fell in like my lap and then like I fell in love with it so like how did you get into it because you hear some people are like I was always this way and then other people are like I just got really tired and so how did you um become your own boss and kind of become the person you are today and where you are today I'm not a traditionalist and I don't like people to define me I mean I think it was just one of those things where I have I'm not gonna say I had a rebellious mentality but I had a rebellious rebellious mind mm. and so i just think that it was just more of a natural fit and also a lot of curiosities you know um i always used to say i wish people would appreciate the stuff that i would do and i said that in a traditional nine to five standpoint and so i would bring a lot of creativity a lot of ideas a lot of it would be shushed or maybe let's wait till a little bit later or maybe those things don't get recognized at all and so i got tired of the personal i got tired of the performance evaluations you know, where you just pick one little thing wrong that I did wrong out of the whole entire year and things like that. And so um, I started realizing that there was other things that I can do. And then I started reading a lot about, you know, wealth and building wealth and, and uh, you know, and finding out the small little nuances. So really what I'm a, you could almost say I'm a serial entrepreneur because I'm trying to find four or five different things to keep running simultaneously. Yeah. And so I will not focus on, you know, one thing. And, and actually when I do meet other people, you know, like there's some stuff I'm trying to do locally. And I told somebody earlier today, I said that I'm not trying to align myself with the organization committed full time, but I want to work in collaboration with, because that gives me the flexibility and the latitude to continue to, yeah. to work on my goals. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to endear myself into somebody else's strategic plan um and, and for their benefit you know and and so that's where it is saying that's the, where it is what it is mentality and i think that's really what boosted me for entrepreneurship so um you know outside of consulting and being an author um you know, being a teacher you know i do dibble and dabble in real estate and uh you know the goal is to acquire a couple more properties this year and then also um, start a business that's dealing with financial services at the tail end of the year and you know so i'm gonna build a strategic plan to get that up and going. And then, you know, uh, based on the branding related to my, my book concepts, you know, there are some other products I'm starting to, to get together and meet with people to help me build that up. And then, so, because really I look at it years from now to have everything, I'm not going to say mostly automated, but just have passive streams of income in, in different areas. So basically 15% here, 15% here, 15% here, and then everything just continues to fuel instead of having a one niche. And there's nothing wrong with one niche, but I think that for the level of compassion and just everything that I've done as a, as a professor and just seeing where all these industries and opportunities are, I felt like maybe if I can just divert a small little bit of energy here, small little bit of energy there, all of it will start flowing and it's, and I'm starting to see the benefits of it. So it's, uh, you know, it's not something I would recommend for everybody. 
you know, but um, my passion was just my creativity. I just, and I can't sit still. I always have, my mind will always wander and I'll just <laughs> play on that thread. <laughs> that is literally me. I'm like, I'll be sitting, like when I used to do nine to fives, I would like sit there and be like, oh my gosh, I am so bored. Like I cannot just sit here. I have to move. I would like, they would catch me literally standing at the desk and like moving because I couldn't just sit there and stay in sure. my little cubicle. And so I definitely resonate that to a T because I was like that. Yeah, that is me. And you're right. Entrepreneurship is not for everybody. It's definitely not for the faint of heart. Like you have to have a strong go getting like be my own cheerleader mindset because it does get lonely. Mm -hmm. Right. And even though you may not be alone because you have the accountability, you have the support. It's still like no one is going to really understand, right? Like I work and, you know, have the luxury of doing the work at my home. And it's like, I have my family like, oh my gosh, yeah, mom, keep going. Yes, babe, go, da, da, da. But then it's like on the hard days, they'll be like, why are you complaining? And it's like, you just like, even though you watch me and you're in it with me, it's like, you're not in, in it with me, right? And so no, I love right. how you bring that up. And it's just so important. And so one last question before we hop off of here. Um, is branding you constantly talk about branding like what for me I'm so in like in tuned with my brand has to align with me it has to be who I am if people think of me they automatically think of my brand and things of that nature so like what how did you find your brand and like what does your like what does branding ultimately mean to you and how, like what kind of advice would you give to someone who's like okay terrence okay shy like i have no idea how to even develop my own brand so what kind of advice would you give i think what you said at the beginning was really spot on and stuff that um is how you want people to see you and how you want to define it for yourself you want your brand should be an extension of who you are mm. and what your interests are and uh, for those who are thinking about going to entrepreneurship, look at the very least of a vision statement and a mission statement and understand what that means as it relates to a business. And you don't have to necessarily have the right one, but have like a loose conception of it. And so I wanted something I wanted to do something that people can associate with me, who I am as a person. And so um, the real estate, really, the real estate is, is a tangible, hard asset and you can't be defined by Real estate, you, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's not like I'm a construction company or whatever the case may be. Um, the author provides an element of being a thought leader. So, you know, I put down a thought leader before my first book. And so I want people now having three books, almost 800 pages of content. People can look at it and say, oh, well, I can listen to this. I can look at this book for self-development, personal motivation. I can look at this book for leadership. I can look at black social economic issues. And then when I started doing the, the publications on the academic side, that was another way of developing a brand. So, okay, I wanted to develop, you know, present myself as an intellect. And so I wanted to make that as a priority. And then the financial services piece that I'm looking at doing later, um, I want that because people do come for me for random financial advice. And even though I'm not a tax expert or a financial expert, you know, whatever the case may be, my financial literacy and the fluency that I have with it is is at a point where doing this particular venture just makes sense. And so, it, you know, it just has to make sense about who you are and you have to do something that you're personally invested in. And then that's what helps you define your brand. If you're doing something, if I try to do something that you're doing and I'm not 100 percent invested in, 
I'm more likely to fail because I'm just chasing the dollars. I'm chasing mm. the, the opportunity. There's, you know, and I tell people, there's so many industries that are billion dollar industries. Yeah. You just got to find something that you feel comfortable with and that you're going to do and that you can stick with. And then so when you are marketing and you, it goes back to networking, right? So then when you are marketing, you are networking, you have to be able to sell what you can do. And you got to not only have to sell your products or your services, you got to sell yourself mm. because people are going to invest in you first yeah. more than they're going to invest into your product or your services. Yeah. I'm going to let that sit for a second because they can buy, I can buy whatever off your wellness website, but I can't buy you. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And the same thing with me and stuff. So when I talk to people about whatever for my book and this and that, I'll probably get a book sale here and there. But you know what that book sale, you know what those books does? It's an extension of myself. Yeah. And so when, when I talk about books and whatever, and I'm meeting other people in different industries, different commerces, uh, chambers, uh, professional organizations, they're not going to buy the book, but they're going to look at the book as an extension of who I am. And that's what they invest in. So I think for those who are interested in entrepreneurship, if whatever product that you're trying to do, make sure that's something that's associated with who you are and not with a trend. So um, and I know you're about to wrap up. Another thing is like we go back to failings of business and stuff. Look at a lot of the social issues yeah. or look at the issues that's on social media. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it was masking, whether it's Black Lives Matter, still the, uh, uh, stop the steal, all that stuff. Yeah. These are all flashpoints and they're not sustainable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like clothing and fashion. You know, if you buy a, a polo shirt here, it's not going to be in fashion five years from now. Nope. Right. So we, have to do. we usually get rid of it or we, you know, yeah. we keep buying. stuff. So it, it's like you don't want to be discarded. You want people, you know, people invest into the polo name or maybe they invest into a particular brand of a car, but they may not use the same type of car. You want something to come back. Why does Lexus and Mercedes have the same type of loyalty is because it's the customer experience mm. from everything from the from the shopping whether you buy a car or not even if you don't get a car from them they're going to make you feel a certain type of way that that type of physical that, that psychological and mental energy that they that you feel from that is going to attract you to buy a car and then you get a great customer experience when you go to the place to get the car service um, to get the coffee, you know, right. the star not not the regular, not the not the cheap stuff. You get the Starbucks. You, get you don't get you don't get the stuff. great value coffee. You get the Starbucks, you know, and 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 it's an experience. Why do people like going to Southwest more than they go to Delta or whatever the case may be and stuff? So I mean, those are branding experiences. You want some people want something to be personified in, in that particular brand. And us as entrepreneurs, that's the beauty of it and stuff. Is that you know, no matter what we do. We're almost like we're a walking billboard of sorts, mm. right? And, yeah. and and you get into that conversation and somebody says, Shine, what you do? And you sit there and you tell them, and there it is, you know? Mm. And stupid again, doesn't matter if people are even like a, 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 a realtor or somebody in the, in the mortgage industry, they may not buy your service right away. But if they're looking for somebody, they're going to call Shine Williams Realtor. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And, and, that, and that's the whole thing and stuff because you've got yourself a brand they're looking for something oh there's a brand for you so that's the way I look at entrepreneurship yeah yeah and you had so many great takeaways I mean we could talk about this all day long um, but at least for me like some main takeaways from like the discussion today was definitely like 
multiple streams of income, right? Like I am a hardcore advocate of that. And I think like there was even statistics. I don't know what the number was, but it was like, even like the most successful people in the world have at least five to seven streams of income. Yep. And I'm like, yes, like you should never be okay with just one stream because you never know what's going to happen. And I always say like prepare for impact um, in whatever that looks like. Right. So definitely having multiple streams of income, like being authentic, being real, like being in alignment, like all of that is just so great and something you can take not only in entrepreneurship, but like in your real life, like in your relationships, in your friendships, in your parenting however that looks like like you can definitely like transpire both of them into like both avenues which is amazing so thank you so much for joining yeah, today no it was so much fun um recording stopped awesome.